Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hello, Chef. Oh, Chef. <laughs> your name your name is so close to Chef. I may, yeah. I may just have to call you Chef. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. Thank, thank you, Chef, for noticing. Uh, wow, the bear. I still, I got three episodes to go, so we, you know, no spoilers. Okay, and if you're right. if you're but not you're... watching the bear, watch the fucking bear, please. Yes, my, my God, God. it is. It, is so good. It, it really is. It's I I, I spent a, a good portion of my life assuming Seinfeld would never be bumped from my number one spot in all time TV shows, and then wow, and and then Breaking Bad did. Okay. I, when we got to the final season of Breaking Bad, I was like, it surpassed Seinfeld for me. I have to just accept it or whatever. And then I was like, nothing's ever going to surpass Breaking Bad. And I'm not saying that the bear has. It's the first show since then that I have to think about, wow, this has a chance if it keeps this up. That's wow. how much I love the bear. If it, you know, I'll tell you, they, I think they made a great decision this season by, I mean, it's, I was going to say slowing it down. It's not being slowed down. It's like as frantic and fast paced as ever. Right. But by spreading out, I guess. Oh, and right. giving. Pulling the, back, you know, yeah. yeah, boy, yeah. oh boy, do they make a good call yeah, with that. Yeah, some of the individual character episodes, the Marcus episode, and of course the uh, the, oh, the last God. one that you saw, the Richie episode. And again, we'll we'll avoid spoilers for those who haven't seen, but uh, yeah, it's just operating at a at a, a level unlike anything else. Yeah, I'm I'm running around my house, calling everyone chef, yelling corner for no good reason. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> I swear to God, the actor who plays Richie, I think he lives in New York. If I like run into that guy in the street, I honestly think I'm going to give him a hug and call him Jagoff. <laughs> that's pretty good i'm impressed that you finished that episode 24 hours ago and and have been able to hold off on watching the the final three I, that's I, willpower I, on display it is no i'm at the point now like i i i know that you don't know what a novel is but when i'm reading like a, a book that i love like a great book i get so like depressed when i'm like holy shit there's only 30 pages left you know and i i start parceling it out a little bit right. that's I, that's where i'm at with the bear i, I wanted I I want to I want to wait because I don't want to I don't because when I'm done with this I got a whole fucking year again I got right wait. right all right well hold off as long as you can chef thank you chef gamble on fellas gamble <laughs> on Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst, Chef Edelstein, or Jeff Edelstein. Uh, this week on the show, the points bet fanatics DraftKings love triangle gives way to a monogamous relationship. We have yet another draft betting reporting controversy sparking debate. And it's almost World Series of Poker main event time, so we'll round up what's happened at the WSOP so far. Spoiler Jeff and I are at a combined zero bracelets as of our podcast recording time. And we'll also be welcoming noted better and media personality Brad Feinberg to talk about, well, the future. But first, <laughs> as always, Eric, plenty of news to get to. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Gambling. 
We're not going to lead the news segment with a discussion of the latest Isaiah Rogers NFL player suspension news because there's really nothing to say about it yet, but we may as well acknowledge the report from ESPN's Adam Schefter on Wednesday that suspensions are probably coming down this week for Rogers and, quote, a handful of others, and that Rogers will get one year, as everyone has assumed. Our own Matt Rybaltowski is pulling on some threads. He may be breaking some news on this front before the end of the week, but for now... Nothing to really explore here. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to say or just save it for presumably our, our top story next week? I am just hoping that none of the players suspended are currently on my uh, numerous and many underdog rosters. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So on to our top story. And uh, our top story last week remains our top story this week as the saga of which sports book will buy points bets U.S. operation is nearing its conclusion. On Tuesday, DraftKings did not hit its deadline to make a binding offer and soon after released a formal statement, quote, DraftKings Inc. today announced that the company is no longer pursuing the acquisition of the U.S. business of PointsBet Holdings Limited. The company thanks PointsBet for their time and access over recent weeks, end quote. While that was going on, uh, I'm not entirely clear on the order of things, Fanatics upped its binding offer from $150 million to $225 million, and the points bet board unanimously recommended the company accept that offer. So it seems a formality that on Friday in Australia, which will be Thursday night here in the U.S., points bet shareholders will approve the sale to Fanatics. Meanwhile, last week, the New York Post reported that back in 2021, DraftKings and Fanatics were close to a proposed $48 billion merger that fell through, adding intrigue to this whole battle over points bet. Jeff, any new thoughts on what DraftKings' motives were in bidding for points bet? And any new thoughts on how immediately the impact will be felt for Fanatics Sportsbook with some pieces of the points bet acquisition reportedly kicking in on August 31st before NFL kickoff? Well, based on ours and others, you know, reports in the media, it kind of seems DraftKings might have been just a little bit naughty here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they didn't want points bets assets, and I'm not saying they didn't want to impede fanatics from easily launching in some states. But, like, let's not also, like, let's see, also, I mean, uh, 75 million bucks extra, it's, you know, it's, you know, walking around money for fanatics, but still, you know, it's 75 million. It ain't nothing. Right. Um, I don't know. The whole thing was kind of fun to watch, but now the new fun is going to be watching to see how fanatics performs once they really get going here. You know, I've talked to some analysts, I've written about it. Most that I've talked to seem to think the ceiling for them is like barstool Caesars and not into the FanDuel DraftKings stratosphere. But, hmm. you know, I mean, this is why we play the games, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, certainly, the big winners here are the points bet shareholders. You know, Fanatics uh, blinked and increased their offer by 50%. Uh, yeah. As you said, you know, $75 million, kind of pocket change, but certainly not nothing. But uh, either way, nice outcome there for points bet. Uh, Carl gets his golden parachute. Always good to see that. Yep. Um, if if I wanted, <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, if I wanted to go full conspiracy theorist, and you uh, didn't quite go this far, but you were, you know... Hitting around a little bit. I, I could speculate that PointsBet and DraftKings were in cahoots and it was all designed to drive up the price and cost fanatics more. I'm sure that's an exaggeration of what really happened, if not an all-out fiction, but it does seem pretty clear that, that DraftKings was never all that serious about buying PointsBet and mostly wanted to gum up the works for fanatics with how quickly and easily they laid down in, in the end. It, it seems uh, their offer really wasn't all that serious. It does seem that way. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they got, you know, they, they probably got a peek under the hood at points mm -hmm. bets business and That's stuff. True. So, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I, it was it was it was a fun little sideshow for the last few weeks. I will say that. Ready, ready for a semi bold prediction from me. I am ready for a semi bold prediction. Okay. Yes. If indeed Fanatic Sportsbook is up and running in the major states, you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, et cetera, by week one of the NFL season, then I. I'm thinking, you know, with the money Fanatics is going to be willing to spend on customer acquisition promos and such, I'm going to predict that they will be number three behind only FanDuel and DraftKings in handle, not necessarily revenue, but in handle nationally over the course of this football season. What do, mm -hmm. what do you think? It's, does that count as semi-bold? You like... I yeah, it's too bold. I think I don't oh, think they're going to be third. Yeah. I don't think they'll right. be third. I mean, maybe you know, third in each state. You're saying, not third overall. I guess right. I guess if I guess if there if there are a bunch of states that MGM and Caesars are in that they're not, maybe it's too right. too tall a hill to climb. So fine. Let's say 
All right, I'll 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 zero in my bold prediction prediction. I'll say they'll be third in handle in New York if indeed they launch in New York before football season starts. I'll How's tell that? you this much. I think I think that is a bold prediction, but at the same time I think if they're not third, then there's going to be some hand-wringing at Fanatics. If if you're not third, you're last. Isn't that what they say? I, I don't know if that's what they say, but but you know if they if they come out of the gates you know swinging and they're behind the you know Caesar's bar stool and all, all them that's that's going to be a troublesome development I think. Yeah, true. All right, lots lot to watch there. It'll be interesting. Um, Absolutely. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Our second story focuses on last Thursday night's NBA draft, which made it three major drafts in a row, NBA, then NFL, now NBA again, in which reporting that proved inaccurate shook up the betting odds shortly before the draft. A year ago, we had the Woj bomb about Jabari Smith going number one to Orlando. He instead went number three to Houston. Then we had that Reddit post about Will Levis going first in the NFL draft. And last week, we had Sham Sharania tweeting that the Hornets were torn between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson at number two when previous reports had Miller nearly a lock. And the betting odds got briefly flipped, and then the Hornets ended up taking Miller. And making this extra complicated, one of Sharania's employers is FanDuel, as he hosts a show for FanDuel TV. So you had a FanDuel employee tweeting out information that moved the markets at FanDuel Sportsbook and elsewhere. It's at least a problematic look, even if nothing remotely nefarious was happening, and there were plenty of people who called it out as problematic, or worse. Uh, Jeff, do you have a take on Shams and FanDuel? And is the future of draft betting in peril? Is someone going to outlaw these information-based markets in the near future? I think that's possible. I think what I'm more concerned about is... uh... The, the books making the limits just like so low that it's not even worth like bothering with this stuff anymore. Um, because you know, the books hate it. They hate these markets. Yes. They hate them. Um, and they're, I love them. They're, it is the most fun I have betting is betting on drafts and Oscars. I mean, I, right. it's a blast. Um, and as for the, you know, the nefariousness of it all, I mean, it looks terrible on paper, right. To someone who's not, you know, to an outsider, you know, to your average, you know, wall street journal reader, right. It looks bad, you know, but at the same time, I'm sure there were plenty of people who jumped on the other side of this bet after the tweet right. and, you know, cleaned up on Miller um, when his odds dropped. You know, so part of me is like kind of like on the buyer beware side. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, but the other part of me thinks that Shams or anybody book should. And this this is difficult for me to say on general terms, should stick to cold, hard facts and not be spouting off just what they're hearing. You know, right. it's one thing for me to spout off what I'm hearing. Right. I'm not employed by FanDuel, right? right? But if I'm employed by FanDuel and somebody's whispering in my ear, oh, by the way, you know, Edelstein's going, you know, he's dropping in the draft, and I tweet that, that's going to move markets, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I it, it, if, if you work for, uh, you know, Texas Roadhouse, and you find out that, like, your beef prices are going to triple in the next year, and you whisper that on Twitter, and then you short Texas Roadhouse, that doesn't look too good. You know what right. I mean? I don't, that's a horrible example. I love Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> And I don't even know if it's Apple. It's not even close to apples to apples. But the point being, if you work for if you're employed by a company and have the potential to move markets, stock price, whatever, like that would be definitely frowned upon, like by the feds. Right. 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 So this this isn't this is in the neighborhood. You know, I mean, I'm not I I do not think for one second that there was anything evil happening here. Right. Right. But it does look shitty. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that I don't think he was up to anything improper. He just basically got duped by a GM that wanted to try to get someone to trade up for his pick uh, by, by trying to make it sound like he was undecided. I guess that what Shams and really all reporters on to just use Twitter to break every little rumor they hear, I guess if they wanted to be totally responsible, they could say they could get into where they're hearing it from so people can have a better interpretation of whether they're possibly getting played, how trustworthy it is, sort of the 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 vague I'm hearing that. Um, but but as you said, it's also buyer beware, you know. If if you're betting based on a tweet from Shams, you know, it, it's up to you to kind of track how accurate these guys are and aren't over the years and whether they may be falling for sort of planted information designed to do something. The only thing that, like, to me, there's not really a conflict of interest to him doing a gig for FanDuel and reporting on this this stuff, uh, although, again, I get how it looks inappropriate, but the, the real... The only thing I would take major issue with is if I found out that he was betting at all on the draft. If yeah. if if he is, I would consider that unacceptable. But just to work for FanDuel and and be reporting the way that you always do report, trying to get all your scoops. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of up to the people who are betting on this stuff to try to decipher what they can trust and what they can't. Um, I mean, I can't bet any of this stuff in Pennsylvania. So uh, it's, you know, it's your, it's your favorite thing to bet. And I don't have access to it without driving across the border. If, if it ever is banned, I obviously won't personally miss it, but I'll miss it as a content topic. Um, I don't think it's going away um, because, you know, if the state regulators all say no more draft betting, then they're driving it offshore and they don't want to do that. So they'll, they'll seek other solutions it is problematic. You know, all these information markets are, uh, as you said, the sports books don't want to don't want to list them, uh, but they feel they have to or else their customers will go to the sports book down the street that has draft betting. But, you know, the odds get funky in every single market like this that isn't decided on the field of play. Even the Oscars that one year, the the best director, Yorgos Lanthimos, that thing, the rumor spread that someone had seen the envelope and he was the winner and the odds went kablooey and, and there was no truth to it. So, I don't know. It's uh, I, I'd hate to see it, like you said, limited down to where we can offer the markets, but you can only get 10 bucks on anything. Um, it occurs to me that election betting is actually probably safer because at least you're betting on something that hasn't been decided yet. Um, so and, and I'm, I guess here's a, a middle ground that maybe maybe we'll see them pursue to close all Oscars betting a few days before the Oscars and close all draft betting like 24 hours before the draft. I could maybe see something like that where you offer it in advance, but once it gets close, you shut it down. I think some books do a little bit of that. I want to, I want to say points bet did with the NFL draft. I, or maybe I thought I, I'm not sure, but I, I I some of the I do feel some of the books I've seen take the stuff down as we get, you know, inch closer to, you know, game time, as it were. Right. right. But yeah. no, that I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. But I mean, part of the fun of it. I mean, I, I didn't get in on the Shams thing. I, I don't know why I, I missed it, but I missed it. But yeah, I mean, I know I for sure would have taken Miller. You know, I, I mean, that's right. all I do. I always just take plus odds. and I try to, you know, I, I try right. to. Try to time it, wait for right. wait for something to move it in the direction that's favorable to you, and then jump right. on it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all right, our third story this week: uh, the 2023 World Series of Poker is chugging along, with the main event starting Monday, July 3rd, and the organizers hoping to see the all-time record of 8,773 entries fall this year. Uh, so let's round up some of the more notable stories through the first four weeks of the series. We've had controversy. Martin Cabrell was accused of marking cards and is threatening to sue everyone who accused him. Uh, a tabloid-esque story, Rudy Gavaldon won an online bracelet from Michigan while awaiting trial for the alleged attempted murder of his wife. Uh, Lou Garza won his first bracelet and immediately proposed to his girlfriend, reducing his win from $1.3 million to $650,000. Uh, more Circle of Life stuff. Jason Kuhn made it through day one of a $250,000 event and then withdrew and got his money refunded when his wife went into labor. 
Uh, Chad Eveslodge won two bracelets in the first week, extending the streak of someone winning at least two bracelets every year, dating back to 2000. Uh, Notable winners this summer have included Isaac Haxton finally winning his first bracelet, former main event champ Ben Lamb winning his second, Nick Shulman winning his fourth, Brian Yoon, Josh Arie, John Monette, and Benny Glazer each winning their fifth, Sean Deeb and Jeremy Osmus winning their sixth, and Brian Rast also winning his sixth by winning the $50,000 Poker Players Championship for an unprecedented third time. And lastly, a celebration of the life of Doyle Brunson is scheduled for this Sunday at the Horseshoe. Jeff, anything there catch your eye? Attempted murder? <laughs> yes. But, yeah. uh, assault with intent to commit murder, I think, was the former ch- formal charge. Yes. I mean, make it a, make it a three-part Netflix doc. I'm in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're the poker guy. What stands out to you? But but even the cheating thing also. Like, I yes. mean, what the, uh, who I, I don't I, I saw the video. Right. I mean, it looked like he was cheating. Uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> careful, I, careful. I, I, I don't want to get too. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I know it looked like someone who wanted to cheat would do that. How about that? Uh, <laughs> he was not not cheating. I don't know, man. But like, how could you risk your like? How I mean, how cheating in general at the poker table? Like, how can you risk your entire livelihood basically by doing by cheating? Like, is this an, how how much does this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm sure that there are some people pulling some stuff and usually not as obviously as it would appear this guy was. Um, I mean, yeah, everyone who hasn't seen the video should watch it and and make up your own mind as to what you're seeing there. But at the very least, everybody seems to hate playing with this guy, Um, not just because of the suspected cheating, but apparently he just like is just torture to have to share a table with. He's always standing up and wasting time and being annoying and what I I would think that the the WSOP should have the right to deny entry to people based on doing what's best for all their other customers. Um and you know, generally in life I support a ban of assholes. So right. uh you know, whether whether they can formally prove that he cheated or not, uh you know, there's there should be consideration given to everyone would be happier if this guy wasn't there. Um, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give my uh, final prediction for the main event entry number, just to get, get on record and see, uh, see if I nail it. It's like uh, the, the never got the number of jelly beans in the jar, right. But I'm going to try here. Uh, I'm going to say that the record falls, uh, but just barely it's current, you know, eight, seven, seven, three is the record. I'll say eight, eight, three, three is my uh, final prediction that we see the biggest main event field ever. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all those names I was running down of, uh, notables who, uh, won bracelets this summer. Have you heard of any of those guys or were they all totally anonymous to you? Uh, totally anonymous. To me. I kind of, I kind of figured. And, yeah. that, and that makes me realize how far out of the mainstream poker has fallen, even though it's still healthy, uh, you know, they may break the record this year. Um, but, uh, it, it, it's not mainstream at all anymore. I would bet that, you know, even as a very casual poker guy, in say 2005 i would say you you probably could have easily named 10 poker players at that time if i'd asked you to uh or maybe yes. not quite yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. i, I could have i could have okay so yeah. yeah and i i wouldn't and and you know here are all these people who are winning their fourth fifth sixth bracelets and i wouldn't expect you to know any of those names unless maybe josh aria's name looks familiar because he finished third in the main event in 04, the year that Fossil Man won. Um, so you, you might be, if you watched it that year, you might see him and go, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you know, all these guys who've been winning bracelets in the post-Moneymaker era are uh, pretty anonymous to anyone but the hardcore poker fans these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, and, as always, I'm, uh, I'm going to be rooting for Chris Moneymaker next week, because uh, Papa needs a big bounce in book sales. <laughs> It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. We now welcome to the show one of our favorite recurring guests, a man who is just what we need to help us get through the summer sports betting doldrums. He is an insider for NBC Sports and Bet Parks and a longtime serious sports better. And a true mensch, if I do say so myself, <laughs> Brad Feinberg. Brad, welcome back to Gamble On. Uh, great to be with you guys, Eric. I look forward to it very much. Good to speak to you, Jeff. I'm uh, looking forward to today's show very much. Thank you, Brad. 
So one of your specialties, Brad, is betting futures, finding teams at the sure. right prices at the right point in the season or the off season. Uh, last year, you uh, you got me on the Guardians to win the AL Central when the sports books were underrating them. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so so give me your favorite bet like that as we hit the midpoint of the MLB season this week. Well, yeah, a division our- winner or, or a World Series winner that, that you're loving right now? And it's funny, people don't know, listen to the show. Eric did reach me a few weeks ago. He's like, Brad, can we do the show? And I'm like, I'm going on a cruise. I can't do it. That was very bad luck for people listening because um, I made a very large investment two weeks ago on the Reds at 50 to 1 to win the division. Wow. Uh, That was like my big bet of the year now. And, uh, you know, today they're in first place, but we'll see how long it will last. But look, I guess people don't care about what I did in the past. What is today? Um, Look, baseball today. Uh, I just bet yesterday, so this is pretty, you know, pretty close. Uh, I took the Rangers minus one ten to win the division. Um, look, when I look at that division, guys, I don't think Houston's anywhere near what they were uh, last year. Their pitching hasn't been anywhere near as close near as they're hitting, quite frankly. Uh, Anaheim's a good team, but I believe in Texas, even without the Grom. Uh, they've gotten a career year out of Dane Dunning, and sometimes you need luck like that. Uh, Ivaldi's been terrific. Um, I think that, and their lineup is just incredible. Um, I think there's a, you know, I think they should be closer to close price, closer to minus 180 to win the division. I think it's at least a mid, close to mid 60s chance they win it. That would be one. And look, in the, in the central, the NL central today, I just look, you can still get the Reds at four to one and the Cubs at four to one. I don't think it's going to be the Cardinals. I don't think they're, they're that good. I know it's not going to be the Pirates. The Brewers are the favorite. I don't think the Brewers have any talent. Um, Burns is nowhere near guys what he was in previous years, not even close. The, their best pitcher is probably Brandon Woodruff's been out, is injured. Their lineup stinks. The Reds have arguably the best lineup after the Braves in Major League Baseball, in my opinion, or Texas. And I think the Cubs are an undervalued team. They actually, their Pythagorean theory where they, they've scored more runs than they've allowed. Um, as long as Jamison Talion's not pitching, they have four usually decent pitchers going uh, with a decent lineup. You can take both those teams four to one guys that translate to plus 150, you're taking both for $100 each. You're going to make a profit of you're risking 200, you're going to make a profit of 300, you lose 200. Uh, I highly recommend that because I don't think it's going to be uh, any of those other teams. We know it's going to be in the NL East, we know it's going to be the Braves. Uh, the West, I have a ton of money on the on Arizona and the Giants at big odds. Um, I'm hoping they can hang on. The Dodgers are obviously great. Um, I think those teams, by the way, guys, each week, these sports books offer a season win total. They're still pricing Arizona. Like right now, I think they're like 49 and 31 or something like that. So the uh, the remaining, let's call it uh, 70 games they're, or 80 games, they're pricing them like a 38 and 42 team the rest of the way, which makes mm-hmm. no sense to me. I think they're legitimately good. Same with the Giants. They're pricing those teams like they're 500 teams. I highly recommend taking the season win totals over for both those teams and the Reds. Their pricing is a 72-win team going forward. Makes no sense to me. All right. I'm 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 emptying my bankroll on that one before this interview <laughs> is even complete. Yeah. All right. While Eric's doing that, let's now let, let's do NFL now. Tell me what, yeah. what, what do you, what's sticking out to you on the end. I got I there's one that I I like. I'm I'm gonna hold it. I want to see what you think. But what 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 jumps out at you right now in the NFL futures market? Well, it's interesting because I just sent a, a, my my buddy yesterday a text of my stuff, and I did, I think, 16 over-unders, and 15 of them I beat the number. One I've lost on, and but that's the thing. Like, these things, when you come out, like, I have the Giants under 8.5, it's now 7.5. I have Dallas over 9.5, it's now 10. I have Seattle over 8.5, it's now 9. You have to be as early on as possible in these things. But, look, for today's market, it's funny. I'm going to tell you one where I the market's gone against me, and it's the one that's the actually you can get a better price than I got. I don't get the love for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, some other sharps who I do respect have released their season win total over, and it's now eight and a half over minus a dollar thirty. You can get actually plus a dollar ten on the under Jeff and Eric. I again look, maybe, maybe the quarterback play is going to be a lot better, you know, than I'm expecting. Um, when I watched the Falcons play last year, you know, they were a run-based team. Ritter to me was not impressive. I know their schedule is easy. I get it. I'm taking under eight and a half, and I'll give you a couple of division bets I like. You can get the Panthers at four to one to win the division right now. Um, I actually got a worse price. I took plus 350, but I'm going to bet some more at plus 400. The Panthers, to me, I'm all in, guys, on Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young from day one, my call is from day one, he's going to be a top 
12 quarterback from the first day he starts, which is, I know it's a little bit of a bull call, but I think they're going to win the division on. I like the chargers at plus three fifty to win the division. I just, that's a team that's teased me too many times to count. So maybe I'm falling for it again, but uh, I just, I think Kansas is still a little thin as great as they were last year. They won the Super Bowl, obviously. I didn't think they were going to be able to do it, and they did. Uh, but I think the Chargers talent-wise kind of match up. Those are two division bets. And I like Dallas to win the NFC East. Dallas, um, my two biggest bets for teams this year in terms of season wins, uh, division, Super Bowl, are Dallas and Seattle. A lot of the value in Seattle has gone down. I, they were 5-1 to one to win the division and 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Now they're closer to 2-1 to one to win the division. Uh, and close to 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. But I'm very bullish on that team. Still get over nine wins, which I like. And Dallas, I think they're better than Philadelphia. I think they're going to win the division. You can get around two to one odds on it. All right, I'm going to give you mine. This is a, it's a player prop. How about uh, Lamar Jackson with his new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, to lead the league in passing touchdowns? Wow, 75 no, to I, one. 75 to okay, one. Okay, no, no. Okay, okay, so first of all, again, yeah, that's that's the key. And it's funny, Jeff. That's I'm glad you said that. I am always willing to make a bet that I think is going to lose like the Cincinnati Reds. I put in two weeks ago at 50 to one. Did I think it was going to win. No, but I thought the odds were much greater than one out of 51. They do it. Uh, same thing here with Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm glad you said touchdowns, Jeff, and not yards yards. I'd say 0%. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider it. Do I think there's a one in 76 chance that he could do it in touchdowns? I actually, I'll actually say, I think it is the MVP year. He threw, I think, what, 36 or 38? I think he, and I think he led the league that year. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, so he's, he's done shown, yeah. right? He's shown he can do it. So, this isn't like something that's like impossible to be done. Um, what I, is it jump out of me? Not necessarily, but I will say this. I could see it in the sense that they've improved the, the wide receivers, you know, exponentially. You know, they, they, the first round pick, um, Flowers, and they, and they obviously they signed Odell. Uh, obviously, Andrews, we know, is a great tight end. New coordinator, which was, to me, a must. Yeah. Um, you know, they were stuck in mud there. I don't think it's actually a Jeff. I got to tell you, the more I think about it, 75 to 1, I think it's worth a pizza bet. I do. There it is. I Dude, actually I'm do. In. I think that's uh, – but by the way, guys, I'm glad you mentioned NFL season props. If you were just to blindly I'm – gonna, I'm going to ask you guys both this. The last three years, if you were to blindly bet every skill player's under mm-hmm. in yards – touchdowns, catch it, every single thing for the skill player, what percent do you think it would be the last three years? Yeah, it's got to be something like 75% or something close to that that it, that it hits because of injuries. and well, Not quite 75 but I, 60, not, were, I went a little too high. 64, okay. which is just okay. if you were just to take a, a blind baby who just got bored, right? <laughs> you know, the, the, the newborn baby, they, they, and, and just said, just bet every single under, that baby would would be very profitable because because all you got to do is just bet these unders blindly. Now the sports have gotten a little bit better, but they basically usually Jeff and Eric they usually price these things based on a seventeen game sample. Right. As you said, are a lot of times you're not getting seventeen games. Yeah. And also, Eric knows me well. Me, the the I am the king of non sharp when it comes to over under man. I just I love the over every time. Yeah, that's. I but bet Jeff, it under you know, last week, though, Eric, which came in. Let's that's remember true. That. That's true. You did, but you that, did Jeff, that's what I always say. Listen, if that's if you know it, and listen, if you just want to bet selective overs, that's okay, right? But just make them select. Like I'll be honest, I, on the season prop bets, I would say ninety-eight percent of my bets are on the unders. I will tell you two overs I did do uh, because I thought uh, three overs. There was three overs I bet, and I probably bet about a hundred of these. And there's three that I could think of. I bet the over. I bet uh, Terry McLaurin over three and a half touchdowns. I I just think if he stays, if he plays eight games, I think he could do that. Um, I just do. Um, I thought that number should have been five and a half. Um, Odell Beckham was over 525 yards. I think the hate's gone too far. I, that's that's literally 30 yards a game. If he, no, again, I'm not saying he's going to stay healthy every game, but right. they gave him 15 and a half million dollars. I Maybe I'm paying amateur psychiatrists here. I'm assuming he's going to actually play, and they think he's healthy. I just thought that number should be closer to 750. Um, and there was a third one I took. What the? Oh, I took uh, Hodgins of the Giants over 400 yards mm. down the stretch last year. He was, he was the number one guy, and it was like for five or six weeks. Eric Jeff, it wasn't just like for one game. It was like for the last, you know, over last month. You know, that's 25 yards a game again. So those were the three I let myself take an over on. <laughs> Literally the other 97 or so are all. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And just to clarify, rooting against of- human achievement, Jeff. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> well, at rooting against human achievement and rooting for injury almost at the same time. Yeah, Although we, yeah. we never we never yeah. like to say that that's what we're doing. But uh, yeah. but I want I want to clarify one term that you used there, Brad. You threw out the term pizza bet, which I don't know I've heard before. But you're just basically saying the cost of uh, of a pizza throwing ten or twenty yeah. bucks on something. Yeah, like and by the way, those things are all great. Like let's if it's something that's not going to affect anything bad. Like you know if you're betting. Whatever your income, if you're, if you're, I wouldn't make it necessarily a regular bet size. If your regular bet size, that says a hundred dollars, okay, maybe the Lamar Jackson bet, which by the way, you win if you bet ten dollars, you win seven hundred fifty dollars. You'd actually win seven and a half units based on a hundred dollar bet. Maybe I'd say, you know, cut the bet down to five dollars or ten dollars. So if you lose it, you're not going to miss it. It's going to feel like you just bought a pizza and that was that. As opposed to if you lose the hundred dollars, you're going to be more annoyed. Like, ugh. This is actually yeah, I, I'm not I'm not betting a pie on this one. This is this is a slice, maybe a two slice. Okay, a slice. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Look, if we have two bucks on it. You know, by the way, again, nothing as I said, nothing wrong with that. Uh and actually, Jeff, I will say this. I actually do if I did think from a math point of view, uh, I don't necessarily think it's even a bad bet. Because actually the key is the touchdowns, because that is a team that could be very good offensively. And he can throw for a lot. Again, I don't think he's gonna do it. There was a bet that I saw on uh I think it was on Fandle, and they had like um, Deshaun Watson at five to one. They, they limited me to like literally five dollars, but I I did better for the five dollars. Deshaun Watson was five to one to get thirty passing touchdowns. I think he's going to get it. So uh, last year he was my number one short, um, and he did not play well. This year I always I remember guys remember when Michael Jordan came back like twenty years right. ago, and that that year when it was the one year he was not great in the playoffs. And I remember when he couldn't come back. I'm like, there's no way Deshaun Watson's going to come back. There's just no way the year and a half off, he's going to be able to just, if Michael Jordan couldn't do it, he's not going to be able to do it. But now that he's had, got that out of his system, those bad six games, had another offseason actually prepare with the team, walk with the team. I think he's, look, people forget, he was a top four quarterback consensus just two years ago. Um, so I think 30 touchdowns, he was getting that. Um, in fact, I've been in the lead the league at 25 for one a few years ago when he cashed it. Um, I I think that's, uh, actually it was yards. But uh, I think 30 to one, um, 30 touchdowns at 5-1 to odds is a worthwhile bet. And I'll give you another crazy long shot, which I think actually has legs. Uh, they had the same thing. They had Bryce Young at 9-1 to one to get 30 touchdowns. Again, I said about Bryce Young, I think that he's going to be really, really good. I think there's at least a 10% chance we'll see. Mm, all right. A lot of fun stuff to chew on there. Let's let's talk a, a couple of more industry type of topics. Sure. Um, you're a you're a Philly guy like me. Uh, we're in mm-hmm. about the same age range. For all I know, maybe you knew Michael Rubin growing up or maybe you know him yeah. now. Um, I, I'd love your thoughts on Fanatic Sportsbook. I mean, some people think it has the cha- potential to challenge FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah. Some people think it's going to be just another mid-tier operator. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Well, I've met Michael a few times. One of my my best friends uh, is very close with Michael and you know works with them. So uh, I impressive guy. Um, and I would actually say it's interesting. Or if I was just reading this about any other company, and I literally mean any other company, I'd say they're dead in the water. This is just a guy that I would always bet on. Mm. I don't care how big of a favorite he is or how big of an underdog he is. Michael Rubin is not a guy I would ever bet against because he's never really failed. I mean, he's done it. Time and time again, he's made things the biggest and the best. And when he does something, okay, here's the thing. He's not, by the way, he's not doing this to to be as good as DraftKings or FanDuel. I guarantee you he's doing this say, I'm going to beat them, not be as good as them. Hmm. So um, with his personality and what he's willing to put into it, now I know he's behind the eight ball, so to speak, because, you know, I was speaking to a friend of mine who works at Caesars, and he was just saying, like, that the head start that FanDuel has – you know, it's just, you know, and DraftKings has just for the DFS factor and, and all that stuff has made it hard for them to just to get that piece of the pie. But Ruben to me, is just a guy I'm not betting against. I do think they will be a major player. Will they ever crack and be as big as those two? Probably hard to say that, but I think they're going to really get themselves in that door and be a major player. Yes, Eric, I do. And and does the uh, as we're speaking, it looks like an almost certainty that they're going to end up acquiring points bet and get all that market access. That's is that a major tipping point for you in in feeling confident they're going to contend at least? Yeah, no. To me, look, it absolutely is. And like getting that license is is very very difficult. And again, obviously, I'm sure you guys both read about the whole DraftKings thing because I remember they were they were going to merge and and then it's just crazy. It's funny how life is. The whole thing they were going to, the value was going to be like, I think like 38 billion. And the problem was at the time, uh, they were going to maybe do it 50 50. And then 
DraftKings wanted more of the pie. They thought they were worth more. They thought they were maybe worth 24. Ruben was worth 14. So Ruben walks away from the deal. Now DraftKings is worth 11. And they said, I think Fanatics is worth like 19. So the things have really changed, right? Um, look, I, I mean, look, it, it'll be um, look an interesting uh, thing. I, they need they needed that license to me. Clearly, that gives them, you can't buy, I mean, literally, you can't buy it. It's hard to get that. Like, he tried to get it, right? He did that whole thing in New York, and he didn't get it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. I think it was a necessary thing to get their foot in the door. And, yeah, I, that's if they didn't have that, it, it would really be tough. Brad, uh, you've, you've been known to, to place a bet now and again. Uh, you're also a fan of sports, and you're you're also a media personality. Um, I'm curious to your take on this. What what do you think the experience of watching a ball game is going to be like on television in ten years? I mean, do you think it's going to be like lousy with betting talk, or do you think there's going to be like separate broadcasts, like some people, you know, some some networks have tried a little bit with? Uh, do you think there's like a big betting backlash that is bubbling up that might you know keep you know voices away from this? Where where, where do you see it in ten years? Jeff, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a backlash. No, but I will say this. Look, and, and, and Eric knows, you know, we, NBC Philadelphia, they, you know, they did, they have done some of the, um, the experimental with, I think with hockey and, and, and basketball, uh, you know, which I was a part of a few of them, uh, the games, I enjoyed doing them very, very much. I don't know if it's caught on mainstream and Eric, I don't know if you would agree with me on that as, as much as I can, I, I enjoy it, but um, I'm not sure if Jeff, that's going to be, if that's ever going to be big enough just to take off on its own, just betting show like that, my guess is it's not. But do I think it's always going to be there? Like, for me, put on ESPN now. The lines are shown on everything. Now, they're not quite blatantly doing that as much on the games themselves. They're not saying, okay, Eagles minus three versus Dallas. You know, like they're not doing that yet. So I think it'll get to that point. I think it's getting more and more mainstream to that point. The NFL was such a bunch of hypocrites when they went, when the whole PASPA thing and how they – they said this is the worst thing in the world. It's ruining our sport. We can't have gambling. I mean, the, the reason 80% of people watch your games because of fantasy sports and gambling, okay? And and you just you have to lie about it. Now, of course, they embrace it. Uh, but, no, I think it's getting more and more um, – it's just getting more and more mainstream like it is in Europe. People are just more comfortable, Jeff, talking about it now, in my opinion. But I'm not sure if we're ever going to see where we're just seeing an entire show based on it where that becomes the norm. I, I Maybe it'll still be, as you said, like a, a one-off show, but I don't know if it's ever going to have the popularity for that, but I do think it, there's enough acceptance to it now where you can actually talk about it, and it's not like, mm. Yeah, I, won I wonder if what we might see more of, rather than uh, as much as I enjoyed those broadcasts that, that you did, they're, they're yeah. not for everybody. I wonder no. if what we might may see more of is the regular announcers are calling a game and the game is turning into a blowout in the fourth quarter. And so now we're bringing in our betting expert to keep the conversation going in the fourth quarter about the various prop bets that are still at stake because the game itself is not that interesting. You know, I never, I never thought about that. Actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. It actually really, really does. Um, I kind of like that, you know, and look, you can, and again, I don't, I don't think it should be taboo for these announcers. Now, again, you're going to get a certain, the world, now. you're going to get a certain segment of people that, that fight back if you talk about, oh, I'm watching the Sixers versus the Hawks. Why do I want to hear about the spread? I just care about my team winning, whether it's Atlanta or Philly. I don't want to hear about that. I'm sure you're going to get some people like that. And I, I get that. I respect that. But I again, as I said, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that it's something that's legal, right? It's legal, I think, in 39 of the 50 states now. I don't think it's something bad that we're discussing something that's out there that a lot of people enjoy. And it's just become, it's become, again, more mainstream. And I, and I remember... I thought like, you know, 10 years ago, and I, I think I'm going to be right. I'm like, my kids are going to look back and say, gambling wasn't legal like 20 years ago in every state. Really? Right. No way. <laughs> and and so I do think that we've gotten, we certainly, you know, with this PASPA overturn, uh, gotten to a threshold now where uh, it's not something I get. Even my dad, when he told me what I did, he's like, you know, like, <laughs> and, 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 and now he's like, Brad's a sports better, you know? Right. And, and so it's, it's changed. I think a lot of the perception has changed from what it was, you know, even a few years ago. Definitely. Awesome. Great stuff. I'll direct our uh, listeners that they can find you on Twitter with uh, one of the ultimate Twitter tongue twister handles at Brad's best bets on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I say sir. that five times fast. Uh, Brad, thanks so much for joining us again. I appreciate thanks, you guys Brad. so much. Thanks guys. Two men. Two men. $10,000. 
Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. Let's update our betting bankroll, and this is one of those weeks, Jeff, where uh, you don't have to try to talk me out of sharing our results. No, uh, no, please do. Yes, you did well. I did well. We did well. Uh, let's start with the only area in which we came out behind, your NBA draft bets. You won $100 on Amen Thompson going fourth, but you didn't have his twin brother going fifth. Instead, you lost 100 on Whitmore, 50 on Walker, and 30 on Hendricks, each for that fifth spot. So a loss of $80 on draft bets. You bounced right back and then some with your under bet on Courtney Williams rebounds uh you are unstoppable on wnba player props uh you won a hundred dollars there my boxing bets i won 75 dollars on carlos adamas winning by ko in round seven through 12 but lost 50 dollars on my jade bornea mild upset pick so a 25 dollar net gain there my MLB bets, the Royals came through as plus 320 underdogs and won us 160 bucks, but Schwarber didn't homer. We lost $40 on that and $15 on the parlay of the two bets. And then your Blake Snell laddering. He went over 7.5 Ks, over 8.5, over 9.5, over 10.5, and, and under 11.5. So four of the five bets won for a total profit of $189. That means for the week, we won $339. bucks. we are now down by $2,344. We also have $1,227 on hold in futures bets, and that leaves us with $6,429 available to bet with this week, and you are up first, Jeff. First, I want to say the Blake Snell thing. I after While we were recording, I was like plugging the bet into FanDuel. Uh-huh. And then later that day, I went to, you know, was, oh, my God, we, we hit it. Let's, you know, let me let me count my money. And the bets were still sitting there. I never hit bet. Uh, Isn't that something? No. I mean, you know, I wasn't betting the same amount of money. But still, it would have been nice. Still, it would have been nice, yeah. would have been nice. Anyway, all right. My first bet. Might as well do the Lamar Jackson touchdown thing that I was discussing yeah. there in the interview. So let's go $20, or as I call it, a large tomato pie with sausage and garlic. Well done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 20 bucks at plus 7,500 for Jackson to lead the NFL in touchdown passes this year. All right. I like it. Um, so I figured before our interview with Brad that I too would steal, uh, I shouldn't say I too, you just stole from yourself. I'm stealing something <laughs> from him. Um, I wish we'd had him on a few weeks ago to steal his, uh, his reds, reds bet. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I do like his diamond backs over, uh, not a lot of books are offering this, the over unders at this point in the season, but a few are. And I found over 89 wins at minus 115. They're 48 and 33. They're almost a 600 team. They need to go 41 and 40 the rest of the way to push, 42 and 39 to win the bet. So basically, they need to be just over a 500 team. They're 10th in remaining strength of schedule. So, you know, tough ish, but nothing crazy. Really need a win here to help balance out the $275 that I'm definitely going to lose us on the Marlins under. They're they're freaking 13 games over 500 with a negative run differential. Insane. Uh, But uh, but that fake money is gone, barring a massive collapse. So uh, so let's chase the loss. Always a responsible thing to do with $230 to win 200 on Diamondbacks over 89. Love it. Uh, as we tape this tonight, there is a, uh, marquee matchup in the WNBA, uh, Mm -hmm. the new, the New York Liberty, Liberty and the Las Vegas, I said the Liberty, like I'm from Long Island. (laughs) Uh, that's how, that's how they say it there. The New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces are playing in Vegas tonight. These are the two, these are two super teams. First time really in the history of the WNBA that there are like legit super teams. And these are the two of them. Um, two best offenses by virtually every metric. I just feel like they're going to put on a show tonight. You know, I feel like they're going to like put their they're going to put on a show. I, it has the feeling of an all star game almost. Oh, um, wow. The over under is at one seventy three and a half, which is pretty high for the WNBA. But you know what? Let's go over. Uh, we'll keep it easy. One hundred and ten to win one hundred at BetMGM there for minus one ten. But yeah, I like the over. That's okay. It. All right. Let's see if your skill in WNBA props, uh, you know, applies to. Uh, full full game props and or is limited just to uh, being a, a savant on player props. We'll we'll know after this week based on this one result. And and there there may be another bet coming. WNBA oh, okay, <laughs> All right, good. I look forward to that. Uh, for now though, I'll uh, make a couple of boxing bets. Once again, we have 
a big underdog who I think should only be a slight underdog, so I have to take the value even if I'm not really expecting to win. Uh, It's a major women's fight in Manchester, England. Uh, All the super middleweight belts on the line. Savannah Marshall of the UK against Franchon Cruz Desern from Baltimore. Both have one loss, both to the same fighter, Claressa Shields. Uh, Marshall lost a wide decision to Shields just last year. Cruz Desern lost to her in a four-rounder back when they were both making their pro debuts. Uh, This is really close to an even matchup. Slight edge to Marshall, perhaps. Add in that it's in England, and I'll say bigger edge to Marshall. I'd probably be inclined to bet Cruz Desern at, like, plus 200, and it's plus 310. So uh, I really like the value there. She can win this fight. Got to do it. 50 bucks to win, 155. And then one other quick bet on ESPN Saturday night. Undefeated heavyweight mega prospect Jared Big Baby Anderson takes on frighteningly mediocre veteran Charles Martin. I'm expecting a KO2 or KO3 kind of result. The over-under is four and a half rounds. We do have to pay minus 149 juice on the under, but I'm willing to pay it. $149 to win 100 under four and a half rounds. You know, it's funny. You both of those things uh, are nicknames that are people. A big baby is one, and fright, frighteningly mediocre Edelstein is the other. I'm going to stick with just calling you Chef, if that's okay. There, there, thank you, Chef. Uh, all right, my last bet. Yeah, we're going back to the Liberty Aces game. Uh, I like Brianna Stewart over three and a half assists. Uh, she's hit that number seven out of the last eleven games. And the two of the she's missed it the last two times with three assists in each game. But I expect this game to be close. I expect a lot of offensive fireworks. I have a hard time seeing her not getting there. So let's let's go, uh, you know, 100 minus 110 for Stewart to hit the over three and a half assists. OK, 110 to win 100. With that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Again, I, I... Fright, frighteningly mediocre. <laughs> Yes. I've I've never thought to call you Big Baby. I have thought to call you Frighteningly Mediocre, if I'm being (laughs) honest. Um, I will finish with a Thursday MLB bet. We have the Dodgers at Rockies. Big bats in Colorado. It's going to be 90 degrees. Great day to bet on a home run. The Rockies are rolling out righty Chase Anderson, who's given up 11 homers in 42 innings pitched. Freddie Freeman looks underpriced to me on FanDuel at plus 400 to Homer. So let's go $50 to win 200 if he homers. And he's plus 5,000 to go yard twice. Oh, yeah. Mm, the Edelstein baby. influence. Just like just like Kramer asking Paul O'Neill to hit two homers. <laughs> I'm asking Freddie, Freddie Freeman $10 to win 500 if he hits love, a pair of dingers today. Love, love, love. Thank you, Chef. <laughs> All right. And that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Brad Feinberg. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Chef, please take us out. You know, Eric, it's appearing increasingly likely. Uh, and I and I put a question mark there because I'd be gobsmacked if it actually happens. But it is appearing increasingly likely that Mark Zuckerberg and Elon <laughs> Musk are going to meet in a cage match, an MMA cage match. The potential of this now is so real that DraftKings, you know, director of race and sports with Johnny Avello, he has odds posted for it, uh, not on the not to bet on, but on the on their blog. Just like okay. if if this were to happen, uh, he's got Zuck at minus one sixty. Musk at plus 140. I got news for you. I think Zuck is a steal at those odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some offshores having Zuckerberg as high as minus 440. So, And yes, 100%. I would bet on this, given the opportunity. <laughs> uh, now, do I think the idea of two of the world's most influential and wealthiest men having a mixed martial arts fight is a sure enough sign that we're probably living in a simulation? And not only a simulation, but that we're living in a really bad one. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we're in the bad decision tree sim. Like, you know, we're like racing to the bottom here. Uh, it pains me to know that there's probably better simulations out there that I could be in. I wish I was in a better simulation, really, now that I think about it. But yeah, I, th- I do think it's a sure sign of that. And this is batshit crazy, man, that the two of these guys are actually talking about this. But, you know, whatever. Since uh, this, this, this whole world might be fugazi anyway, you know, let's pop a beer, grab a seat on the couch and watch nearly $350 billion of net worth beat the piss out of each other for our entertainment. So yeah, release the Tigers. Gamble on it.